Job ready? Employer says yes. This programme is presented by Eduvate, education and innovation. I'm Jonathan Brill. In today's programme, we'll be talking about companies who are creative in the way they attract and keep the best talent. I'll be talking to a young entrepreneur, Aninja Koskola from Finland, and how she's CEO of a tech company, while she herself is not a techie, and ending up with developments from the world of artificial intelligence. As you think about looking for a job, it's easy to forget that you are part of what's called, well, employers call it, the talent pool. As Alison Coleman put it, in the war for talent, companies need to be more creative in the way that they attract and retain the best people. Mindful that pay and perks alone are no longer enough. Well, they'd be enough for me. Some businesses have applied their creativity quite literally to the workspace itself with some excellent results. One company, S-Markets, it's a digital betting company, has built the dream work environment. As Alison reports, staff at digital betting platform S-Markets must occasionally pinch themselves to make sure they aren't dreaming from their pristine workspace overlooking St Catherine's Docks, London's only marina. Three chefs prepare freshly cooked meals for breakfast, lunch and dinner, all completely free. At lunchtime, every day, a bell is rung and the team gathers to eat together before playing table football, enjoying an ice cream on the balcony or taking a stroll around the docks. They also get to set their own salary and have unlimited holiday. There's no catch, except that they are trying to attract the best talent. There is a long interview process. And in the end, these benefits are just the window dressing. They want to establish, develop and retain people who are part of the right cultural fit. Remember this, how you fit in when you're approaching an interview for any job, whether it's part-time to get you through and pay the bills or full-time. Employers may well be sussing you out to see whether you're one of them. Coming on now is my interview with the young entrepreneur, Anina Coscola, who I met in Malaga, Spain, at the Festival of Innovation. I'm working with a young woman who has developed a company very much in the high-tech space and she's going to explain to me exactly and to you what is going on with her company. Could you explain now please, Anya, and welcome, lovely to see you, exactly what your company does. So my company is called Proxini.io and we're a unified positioning platform. So what that means, let's start from the very basics. Uh, when you're outdoors and you want to see where you're located at, you use the GPS information on your phone to see where you are. Which everyone does. Exactly. But when you move indoors, it gets much more complicated because GPS bounces off the walls of the buildings and doesn't work indoors. 
So there's been hundreds or maybe thousands of companies during the past five to ten years who are trying to solve this problem by developing their own hardware pieces or different technologies and solutions for, for indoor positioning. And right now the field is, is very scattered and very confusing for developers or companies who would like to install indoor positioning at their venues. So what we have done is that we've actually just combined all of the different options together under one solution. So, when you have got everything sorted, as you appear to have now, who is going to use this uh, if for their business, for their betterment, if you like, of their business? So our product is meant for developers, so right. mobile app developers, who then integrate our library into their mobile applications and are building the, the rest of it around it. And those developers are are both uh, freelance developers, developers in software development houses, and then uh, developers uh, in companies that have their own applications, either for consumers or applications that are used within the organization. So, you hold what position in your company? I am the CEO and uh, one of the founders. So you are the founder CEO and therefore I would expect you to be a gifted technologist. I am actually not. I've, I've always been interested in technology but I decided to go and study my other passion which was archaeology. So I've got a degree in archaeology and then creating modern art. So let me get this straight. You have transferred the skills that you learned in, in archaeology and learning archaeology into a very high-tech area. What, what prompted you to do this and, and, and what sort of skill set are you taking into this area? It's, it's a long story how the company evolved. We originally started the company as a development house for developing applications for museums and it just shifted over time when we realized where the actually lucrative business and where the technology is taking us to. But to find some connection between what I learned in archaeology and, and what I'm doing currently at my position, I think the most important uh, feature is the, the curiosity mm -hmm. and the willingness to learn and, and discover new things and also the, the courage to, to take forward the company. Tell me about these things. Were they overtly? explained to you when you were at university or did you find that you could transfer what you'd learned? Did anyone encourage you to transfer it? How did all of that work? Are these transferable skills clear? No, I don't think it's too obvious at a university. It's, it's very focused on the syllabus and the exams and essays. I don't know what what happened in my mind, what twisted uh, twisted in my brain when I realized that I would actually want to start my own company and start building on top of the skills that I've learned earlier during my studies for, my, for something of my own. But in addition to having this vision in terms of what the company does, as a CEO you have to have other skills related to leadership, related to finance, related to marketing, whatever it is. How did you pick these up as well? I personally have learned all the business-related aspects by doing. I know a lot of people like to have a business degree as their background when they start, start a company as the CEO, but 
I think those are the skills that you can learn by doing, and it's it's a faster to learn them by doing. Of course, it takes me it took me more time at the beginning to make a budget or or, or such things, um, but I. I definitely think those can be learned. It, it's more the attitude and the, the ability to really read and understand what you're reading um, is, is maybe what, I, what was my background in my studies that helped me in, in learning new things. So that is directly transferable. So you are uh, a woman who's come out of a fairly traditional educational basis in, in Finland. Were you educated in Finland? No, I actually studied at the University of Edinburgh in Scotland. How did you make the move from Finland to Edinburgh? Was that through some kind of European initiative or something that you selected for yourself? That was what I selected for myself because I, I definitely wanted to live abroad and, and get new experiences. So studying abroad was a great opportunity also because I wanted to study archaeology and specifically the world archaeology which is something you cannot study in Finland. And Scotland was a great place to study because of EU and because it was free to study for EU citizens. The employability side, the skills that you bring, the opportunities that you've used Taking all that into account, what would you be saying to a young person who's 16 to 19, that kind of age range, should they go to university, should they enter the university of life, how should they be seeing things, do you think it was different from when you were doing it? That is a very good question because actually my co-founder, our, our CTO, so, so, so the chief technology officer, he hasn't got any formal education, so he's self-taught. So we have maybe a bit different opinions on this as well. So sure. he really believes in the self-education. So right. when you're really motivated and want to work on your own free time projects, and especially for coding skills, that's, that's maybe one of the best methods to learn is by doing it yourself. And I, on the other hand, I also value having an edu education, but I don't see that as a compulsory thing. Do you think that the world of work will change for young people? Looking at it when you were coming out, perhaps you saw the start of artificial intelligence, the start of robots, but now we see robotics, the fifth industrial age, however you want to describe it, as becoming ubiquitous over the next few years. What would you say to young people facing that kind of future? I definitely think the workforce is changing rapidly. When previously technology used to be like one of the sectors or one of the subjects you could choose to study, I think in the future it's going to be part of every single subject that you'll be studying in every single job that you'll be doing. There's going to be some sort of technology involved that you're going to be using some piece of hardware or software in your, on a daily basis. So. I think it's going to be important to have an open mind towards technology, study it if, if you have the passion for it and even if you don't just be open-minded about using it and a lot of the maybe manual tasks are going to be taken over by robots yes. but where we still will need humans is, is to design what those robots are going to do who's going to be the end user of the product and how they're going to use it and how we're going to sell it and market it. So I think this sort of combination of understanding the technology and then having the understanding of the humans is going to be important. Anina, you have given advice to these young people who are coming up of quite incredible 
uh, insight and maturity for that. I thank you so much. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And now the latest development and innovations for drones seems to lie in countryside applications. So these drones will be flying above us, mapping the earth, sorting out what sort of crops that are going on, what works, what doesn't. And all of that seems perfectly straightforward. Less so are the application of drones in towns, in urban areas, where in the future you might use them for personal transport. That sounds cool. A drone picks you up in the centre of town and takes you back to your home or takes you off to the airport. Some way off? Yeah, perhaps, but the developments are more likely to be in the physics of lifting people up and down rather than in the technology of the drones themselves. It looks like an area, drones, where there is some emphasis in creating new jobs. You can now train to become a drone instructor, teaching people how to fly drones, navigate them accurately and safely. But ultimately, I'd watch very carefully to see if more jobs are actually being created. And here's a special treat for our listeners. I'm going to give you an access code which will let you look at all of the wonderful online catalogue available on Eduvate. So just go to eduvate.biz forward slash access code and enter the code job ready. Job ready. Employer says yes. (laughs) 